welcome to the Mum Style Business Podcast. I'm your host, Annalise Warren, a marketing agency CEO, business strategist, digital marketing mentor, wife, and mama of four little ones. Now here, we combine ambition and motherhood and well-being, and we help you leverage the skills you already have to build a flexible business that gets you both the income and the freedom that you started it to achieve. Stay tuned for conversations with inspirational and successful women in business, as well as practical marketing strategies and tips that you can action right away. So let's get into it. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Joanna Prieto with us. Joanna grew up as the daughter of an English academic. Her love of words and penchant for using them well was evident from a young age. Through the twists and turns of life, she found herself not only studying music, which is her passion, but working for many years in sales and marketing. Now she's a mom of four little ones and her writing skills join hands with her ability to persuade through buying psychology, something I'm super excited to dive into. The result of that is higher conversion rates for the businesses who engage with her services. And it's something I talk about a lot is words that actually sell. The the rest of it is all pretty and we need it, but it's words that are the thing that inspire. So welcome, Joanna, to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to jump to this. We have common, we've got kids the same age, the same amount of them, a lot. <laughs> and um, we were musing before we hit record about what that actually looks like. So tell us about your business. What what does that, what do you do? I know we talked about being a copywriter, but what does that actually look like? Do you, who do you work with? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I work mostly with fairly established businesses um, who are needing to scale to some degree, um, some aspect of their business. Sometimes it can be their business overall. Uh, sometimes it might be one part of their business that they want to, um, you know, grow a bit more. But essentially, I become um, their salesperson. So the analogy that I like to give is if if a business had a, a shop front or an office or something like that, um, there's a good chance that they would hire a really skilled salesperson to help make the money. You know, somebody who understands about buying psychology and knows what to say and what not to say, um, you know, greets people as they enter the premises and all of that. And um, it's their job to convince people to invest and to buy. Um, that is essentially what the copywriter is. It's just that we're doing it in more of a digital space. So a copywriter um, obviously needs to be a, a great writer. They need to know all the English rules and how to be engaging and, um, you know, that type of thing. But they have to have a really strong understanding of, um, you know, people and what compels people to buy and, and what turns people away from buying and being able to understand, you know, um, brand psychology and, and establishing brand tone and, and things like that. So the copywriter becomes that salesperson. It's just that you only really have to pay them once. So if you get them to write your website, <laughs> they keep working every Sorry. single time somebody lands on the website. That salesperson is there working their magic. 
so good look I can hear you selling yourself as you go <laughs> but look that's, obviously I know how to do this. obviously I love it so much that was a really great explanation thank you so you said you work with established business owners is there a specific niche that you work with or not really um, no not really um I find uh, a lot of startups um they are in very early stages obviously they're startups um and while i'm do have the skills and the knowledge to be able to help them in their their journey i'm more um i'm more for those who already have a little bit more momentum um you know i for a while i found myself sort of niching in e-commerce um i i didn't necessarily plan it that way it's just kind of the way that things went. Um, and I, I don't want to pigeon my, pigeonhole myself as an e-commerce writer. I have done a lot of e-commerce. Um, but yeah, I love to be able to take brands who are already doing, um, already have some momentum, already have some, you know, some energy and, and everything and just be able to take them to another level and then give them uh, ideas of how copy could improve you know perhaps their website copy is great but there's other things that they could have whether it's you know a lead magnet whether it's um the words on their packaging um you know i, I get to write all all kinds of crazy things that people come up with and say hey i have an idea you know for marketing could you write this for me and um yeah we go from there american ecom is a great space there's not enough people doing ecom not saying you have to pigeonhole yourself, but no, because I'm not e-com, right? And I yeah. have a lot of e-com people coming to me. So I mentor women in business yeah. and yeah, lots of, e and I, I, I struggle to find great e-commerce people to handball them to. So, um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of e-commerce. I've done a lot of coaching in e-commerce as well. Um, I've worked with various coaches and, um, you know, run, run a lot of masterclasses and, and things like that on aspects of e-commerce and then obviously yeah. as it pertains to copywriting. Um, I'm so glad I met you because I need oh, people that are great to be able to, um, yeah, lots of women are like, oh, I need this with ads. I'm like, oh, it's e-commerce. Like I can tell you the structure of the ad, but it's not really like, yeah, not really my thing. And then it's only yeah. the website. I'm like, I have no idea I actually like I don't really buy I don't I don't can't help you <laughs> yeah so yep. totally. um it'd be nice to be able to point people in the right direction with someone who's totally all over that so I'm so glad um okay so how did you get here how did you because copywriting is not something that you go to university to do or it's not no. most people have no idea about that world why they're at school yeah. at least no one I've met so far so yeah how do you how did you arrive being great at yeah. this. So um, as we touched on briefly in, in, in my bio, I had have spent most of my life pursuing music. Um, but luckily it's the kind of thing that doesn't take up every minute of the day. So I always had opportunity to work in other fields at the same what time. What do you play or sing or what do you uh, I am music? a jazz singer and a jazz pianist. So I did go to university, went to the Queensland Conservatorium. Um, but I actually went there as a bit more of a mature age student. So I, I found myself 
um, always sort of running some sort of business. I remember when I was 14, I got a job at Target and it didn't, it didn't pay me enough. So I started teaching piano locally and, and wrote my own ads and, you know, put them in the local community notice board and did all those things. And just always sort of had some sort of side hustle going. But um, when, I, when I was younger and you kind of take jobs as they come available, you know, customer service, you take roles and things like that, I've got a fairly naturally happy vibe about me. So, you know, I, I was able to land those jobs. I would just always end up being put in the sales and marketing department, even if it wasn't the job that I had actually applied for. So often they, they would come to me after a while and say, we feel that you have a real natural flair for this side of things and we'd like to move you here. So um, eventually I was hired by a, um, a software company um, a very successful software company here in Brisbane and um, was hired to, you know, do, do admin and things like that. And uh, very quickly they offered me a one-on-one marketing traineeship. So they hired an external marketing consultant to come in and uh, work with me for 12 months. And so then I ran their marketing department. But during all of this and during my entire life, um, as we touched on in the bio, my dad was this this English academic he he taught English in secondary and tertiary education so he taught at university and things like that and I grew up just with this not only this love and this appreciation and understanding for for words but actually formally being taught how to use them by somebody who is absolutely an expert in this field and so I was always reading I was always writing and I always did really well, you know, in, in school and everything in those types of things. And so after I had my kids and was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do, that I could still be at home with them, um, I realized that unknowingly I had been copywriting for a long time. I had been copywriting for myself, for my own businesses. Um, I have franchised before, so I used to do all my own copy for that. Um, you know, friends who owned businesses and things like that would come to me and say, oh my goodness, you're such a great writer. Can you, can you write this for us? Can you do this? And then eventually I just went, you know what? I have a very specific skill set to be able to do this. And so officially entered the market and um, never would have anticipated how quickly I would um, move forward with that and the types of clients that would want me to work for them. And, yeah, here I am. Just So good. Yeah. Congratulations. Trying try, try to keep up. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So good. So what does your business look like now from the back end perspective? Do you, you know, you have four little kids. Mm-hmm. How do you merge the two? integrate separate like what is that yeah yeah so uh my oldest two are in school which is a huge relief if if they weren't I just don't think I could do this uh so I've got two older ones in school um my three-year-old is in kindy two days a week and then I have my 18 month old so I'm very fortunate that uh my husband works shifts so he is uh sometimes here during the day so I can lock myself in the office and he can be out there with the kids um I schedule a lot of things around nap times. I will be honest, I do. Um, 
I I have family close by who in a pinch can um you know come and either I can send my kids there or they they can come here um and yeah I mean rarely but if I need to then I'll work after the kids are in bed but I'm I'm very good with with time management and so that I think is just key to being able to juggle everything and I go into each day with pretty low expectations (laughs) that might sound terrible but um I realized that if I was unrealistic at the beginning of the day then I would come out feeling like I hadn't really accomplished much but you know being able to go hey this is a part of my life and I'm very upfront with my clients as well you know that I, I do work very efficiently but by the same token I've got a young family and they, they can be unpredictable. And I, I think the days of um, having to hide that information are slowly moving behind us, which I'm really pleased about. More and more of us are, are speaking up and saying, hey, this, this is our real life and that's okay. It's okay that we work from home and our kids are crying in the background and it doesn't mean that we're any less good at our jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... This is how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're on your own, your own business, if it doesn't work for the client, well, you can say, sorry. Um, yeah. I love that. And I, I'm just, I was laughing when you said low expectations because I think I mentioned <laughs> it before on the podcast that my university lecturer, one of them, said, like, that's the key to being happy in life is having low expectations because you'll always be present, presently surprised. Yeah. And I was like, that's really cynical and then as I've got older I'm like ah, I can see what you mean I'm still not willing to like I think I think it just comes down to being realistic and yeah you know we can it's like we need to set goals definitely but you've got to be open to the fact that life is this constantly moving and changing an unpredictable vehicle and you've got to be able to go with the flow or else you're going to be uptight and stressed and you're just going to be always feeling like you're not good enough yeah so what you were talking about goals what are your goals for your business so is it just you and your business do you have people that you work with that you subcontract to do you see that changing as your kids get older what are those yeah so um I would probably like to bring in a junior um actually looking into that at the moment um I do have a lot of startups that approach me um and the reality is that I'm just generally not within their budget um and so I would like to I'm sorry it makes me so happy (laughs) (laughs) we start at the bottom end right normally when you come in and you're like oh I'm gonna see if I can get this and then like as you grow it it's just well done and makes me happy sorry to interrupt (laughs) thank you no that's okay and I mean there's there's so much psychology behind pricing um, but yes, I, I would like to bring in a junior. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like. When I franchised, I, I had a bunch of staff that I hired and I said that I would never do it again. I take my hat off to people who work in, work in HR. However, uh, for the right person, I think it would be beneficial to bring in a junior to be able to almost have two sides to this, that when the startups are approaching me, I can say, hey, I can offer you something, um, you know, but it, it's my junior who's learning under me, but, you know, you get at a discounted rate. 
Um, I am looking to run a lot of uh, events this year targeted at business professionals. Um, I've got a couple of colleagues, one in particular who is an incredible marketing brain. She runs a very successful marketing agency. Uh, we are looking at uh, running some really sort of powerhouse uh, events around Australia this year um, involving, you know, marketing strategy and copy and uh, a few other things along with that. Um, I'd love to do more, more masterclasses, more, more teaching, um, and just keep writing for the clients who, who really fill my bucket, as my six and seven-year-old would say. Um, you know, you, you get to this point with business ownership, hopefully, and I, I've been in business ownership for so long. That in the beginning, you feel like you just have to say yes to every single person that offers you work. And then you get to this kind of new level of understanding where you go, okay, well, one of, one of the advantages of doing this is that I don't have to work with people and, and work with businesses who don't fit, you know, my ethics and my integrity and, you know, might be a bit of a pain in the backside to deal with. So, yeah. yeah. Feels good firing your first client. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> scary but good right uh, I, I, I was like oh this weight has like lifted off I'm like, oh so good you know I've I've never done it I have come very close and I have certainly there's been positions where I've fallen back on my ironclad contract that I have when they when they you know it, it get me to write for them in yeah. the first place um but yes, it's terrifying and exhilarating at the same time. Definitely. It's great. It means you filtered them out before you, like most of them out before you actually got to that point and had to do it. Yep. Yep. And, and every new person that comes along and surprises you with a new and different way to be annoying, you, <laughs> you, go, you go and you, you add that to your, to your terms and conditions and you go, um five points for you know being so creative didn't think I'd have to add that yet here we are so we're grateful for those clients in a way true yes yes um okay so I'm just trying to realizing how much time I've gone through and I still have lots of questions to ask you I'm sorry sorry. no it's great that's the whole point I don't people don't want to hear from me they um it's all about you so it's perfect so tell me what has how long have you been in business first of all just a quick I officially launched this that I do now about 18 months ago and in that time what has been your biggest learning would you say um Hang I've on, I'm starting the math. Did you start this business like when you had a newborn? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Um, okay, cool. Not, Good job. not long after, yeah. Um, awesome. <laughs> so, biggest learning. Um, probably that it's okay to understand your value and your worth um and that it it actually helps you to be able to position yourself in the market where you want to be that 
you know, trying to just be the cheapest is not the answer to building a successful business. Um, I have learned a lot about people, about the different types of people who go into business that some are definitely naturally built for it and others have to work a lot harder. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all been a big, a big learning experience and, you know, I probably as well to not take things personally, you know, what I do is very creative while there's certainly a lot of technique, a lot of technique behind it. Writing is a creative field. And if I write something for somebody, and, I, and I'll be honest, it, it very rarely happens, but if I do write something for somebody and it's not what they wanted, um, it's not me <laughs> that, that they don't like, you know what I mean? And, and in every situation without fail, it's, it's come about because there was some sort of miscommunication about, about what was required. But yeah, at the end of the day, it, it's a business, it's a job, and it's not necessarily a, a reflection of me and person that I am it's just a job you have to learn that in marketing pretty quickly yeah you you do because everything's a test and so you've got to be like okay I've just come up with this campaign and like we've spent you know however long and then you take it to market and it's like most of them actually need further revision once you have that market input so you cannot attach any self-worth to (laughs) to that thing at all like I had to learn that I was like oh that's that was really that was terrible I'm like oh this is good like yeah it's so everything's an experiment yep yep 100% okay so let's quickly take like a big a big turn okay and talk about psychology because I really want to get some of that you know expert knowledge out we've talked a little bit about your your business which is really um really helpful for other people who are running their own business and um, getting started or wanting a change. So that's really great. But Mm -hmm. let's talk about that because it's always really fascinating and something that you mentioned back at the start Mm -hmm. about things that turn people away from buying and having to know what those things are which I've never had a conversation about on the podcast. So I would love for you to talk about some of those things if you find. So the the biggest thing that will turn somebody away is essential information that is not there. Um, You know, we know that people will often, say we're talking about e-commerce, people will add to cart and then they'll abandon, right? Uh, sometimes if we're lucky, we can convince them to come back. And that's something that I do. I I write those emails for people. Um, But most of the time, it's that there is key information that is missing. So there are certain things that we have to be able to do in every single piece of copy that we write, depending on obviously what it is. Um, But copywriting needs to be an online translation of an in-person experience. Okay, so... um, I always kind of run through these these same steps. First of all, we have to take time to engage, to build rapport and to convince them to trust us. And this is a key thing that I see most businesses failing to take time to do. They think that 
all of the information that they put up needs to be about their product or their service, but they haven't taken the time to build any sort of engagement or trust with the person who's reading. Um, there is a higher risk in people spending money online. If they're, you know, again, talking about e-commerce, they haven't seen this product. They don't know what it's, you can tell them what it's made out of, but the risk is higher than if they were to walk into a store and to see it. So first of all, we've got to take that time. All right. There's this cool little trick that, that, that I do where if we can articulate how somebody is feeling, they subconsciously credit us with having the solution to their problem. And that is the key to making a sale. So we need to say things like we need to be very in tune with our demographic. What does their life look like? What are their struggles? How do our products and services fit into their life and solve their problems? So, for example, if you had an e-commerce store and your demographic was new mums, um, you need to have copy on there that is connecting with those mums and saying things like, hey, we know that this is really hard and you're doing an amazing job, all right? These kinds of things that make this a human connecting with another human. And then the next thing that we go through and do is highlight their problems that they're having um, in a really clear and succinct way. And again, with support, with whatever, you know, whatever it is that that demographic needs. Um, once we've done that, we can present them the solution to their problems via the features and benefits of our products and services. And this is key. In marketing, it's, they, they call it pain points, and I'm sure you know that. Um, but this is key. Most of the time when I'm looking at a product description, for example, that's been written by a business owner, um, they have all they've done is literally described the product. And I know that sounds stupid because it's called a product description, but I can see that this T-shirt is green and it has a round neck and it's got a love heart on the front. I can see that from your photos. I don't need you to tell me. What I need you to tell me is what problems is it going to solve in my life? So you're going to tell me about the fit. You're going to tell me how it looks. You're going to tell me that it's flattering. You're going to tell me what it's made out of, that it's made from cotton and I live in Australia and so I need it. You know, I sweat a lot and all of those things. And then you need to go through and anticipate what objections this, might per this person might have, okay? What is going to stop them from adding to cart and checking out? So think to yourself, if I were purchasing this myself, what would stop me from buying it, okay? If it's the price, then that's a, a whole different kettle of fish. But um, have I included all of the information that I need to lower the risk of somebody purchasing online? And then once we've done those things, then we can have, by that point, they're, they're putting in your hands. They're at the bottom of your funnel and they're ready to go add to cart. It's, it's a no-brainer. They know that they need this in their life. Love it. So good. Thank you. That was really helpful. I feel like you need like a bit of a mic drop moment. <laughs> a what? A mic drop. Oh, <laughs> like, I would never drop a microphone. I'm a singer. How dare you? I know. That's what I always thought about. I was like, <gasps> I know. And every yeah. time I see it happen and I, I know it's a really expensive microphone, I'm like, oh no, why did you do that? I could have bought that. 
<laughs> Give it to me. Sorry, I'm off topic. It's perfect. Um, okay. Let's wrap up with maybe some advice to other mamas, other women that are considering taking the leap into having their own business. What would your advice be for people in the early stages? Yeah. So uh, you need to do what's called test proof of concept and then you need to test it again and again and again and again. Something that I see all the time, all the time, um, is just because you think it's a good idea doesn't mean that other people are going to think it's a good idea and they're going to buy from you. And in the beginning, you'll put this out on Facebook. You'll say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this business. And all your friends and family, they're going to jump in and they're going to say, yes, it's amazing. I'll buy from you. Absolutely. And so you've got this behind you and you think, yep. And then, bam, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of money. There's things that you need to invest in that, you, that have never occurred to you. And the key thing that I see is um, new business owners pouring all of their money, particularly in e-commerce, pouring all of their money into stock without putting money into things like copywriting and a great web designer and developer and a great graphic designer and setting up um, the foundations for the psychology side of their business. It doesn't matter how good your products are if you can't convince anyone to buy them. So what happens is these, these mums, they pour all their money into buying as much stock as they possibly can because they think that having good products is enough. And then by the time they have a garage full of stuff that they can't move, they realize that they should have put their money into their website, their marketing, their graphic designer, their copyright, and they copyright it, and they don't have any money left to put into it. So test that proof of concept and just dip your toe into the market and whatever you're doing, go a little bit and a little bit and a little bit instead of going all in and then having all this, this stuff that you can't move. Yeah. Yeah, I say that to people all the time, similar, but normally for service-based businesses, women who are like, I'm going to quit my job in like a month. And I'm like, okay, let's just no. like, let's make sure that you love doing what you're doing and you yes. like practice getting clients first because there's lots of people just, who do what you do. Like, yeah, just, slowly, just I agree. Existing is, it's not enough. It's not enough. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really, that was, that was such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I know that there was so many pearls of wisdom in there. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat with me and for going over. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. It was great. And do let us know about whatever masterclasses and things you have coming up because I would love to them out so yep, thank you definitely. joanna thank um, you talk to you soon bye bye thanks so much for tuning in to the mum style business podcast two things you should know first come and join the party i'm live with free marketing training inside the social marketing method facebook group every single week 
This is where you can ask questions and get the answers that you need to simplify your strategy and amplify your income. Go to AnnaliseWarn.com forward slash group and join and network there with incredible women and incredible community of like-minded business owners. Now, second, if you have got any value from this episode, please, please, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and share it out on your socials. Your support helps us to reach more women in business and inspire them to increase our impact in the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will see you next week.